You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. I just really want to clarify to the audience here to get authentic growth in your community or in your follower and fan base, be consistent and prioritize providing value. And try to think of like, it's great to get inspiration from other places, but I almost something that I've started doing is I find myself as if I'm getting ready and I'm going to start making some content, I find that I first I go into some of my saved photos and look at what other people are doing. I've stopped doing that and I've just kind of turn airplane mode on and started brainstorming content without the internet influencing my ideas because that's how you start coming up with some real original and authentic ideas. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Power of Why. My name is Naomi Highway, and today I am here with the incredible Reagan Bradley. Reagan, how are you doing today? So good, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. This is this is going to be an incredible episode. I know you've already sort of thought through what it is that you wanted to share today. We've been going back and forth a little bit about just our musings. I feel like we kind of share with each other things, really interesting things that are happening in the ecosystem. So I'm really excited to have you here for the audience. Uh, Reagan Bradley is a brand strategist who helps businesses attract customers through the power of thoughtful storytelling. Her brand strategies clarify how to market authentically online so business owners can sell and then do more of what they love, which I'm like, I'm so here for that because there are so many other experts that could be focused on, you know, their lane and and how they could impact your business. And for you to just focus on what it is that you're best at is, I love that focus area. Reagan has five years of agency experience under her belt, while she has also built brands and websites in the cannabis industry, professional education, cybersecurity, and other creative industries. Reagan also offers like strategy sessions one-on-one if you have any questions about personal branding or how you would like to elevate yours. Um, She's passionate about community building. She founded Women Who Weed in the past, a leadership community for pro-cannabis women. And for those of you in Ottawa, you've probably heard of Local Talks. Reagan was um, an integral part of helping grow Local Talks to one of the most sought out professional development events for entrepreneurs. As a recent Ottawa transplant living in Vancouver, Reagan spends her weekends exploring mountains and rollerblading up and down the seawall. If you're interested in kind of like the behind the scenes, definitely give her a follow on Instagram. And we're definitely going to talk about this in the episode, but I know that you wanted to share sort of this idea of reinventing yourself, right? And you talk a little bit about how you've reinvented yourself many times in your 20s, and you're currently in the process of also transitioning from employee to full-time entrepreneur. So thank you again for being here. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your origin story and sort of how you grew up, where you grew up. Yeah, so I grew up um, just in a small town outside of Toronto. I had, uh, you know, very typical small town girl upbringing, um, but really kind of my journey into professional development and personal development started in university when I joined a sorority. There's a lot of bad raps around sorority. You know, I even joined it coming out of high school to meet people and get invited to sick parties, but it became so much deeper than that so fast. Because as a first year, you were kind of already automatically connected to older women 
And, you know, they were past that partying phase and they were taking themselves seriously. And you were kind of in this ecosystem of really motivated people inspires you to kind of build yourself up as well. And I think that's really where my passion for community building actually started. From there, I kind of started getting involved. I was the president of the Communication Society and University. I got involved in International Association of Business Communicators um, and really learned from leaders in the city. And then when I graduated, I'm like, okay, well, I have all this community um, development experience. How can I actually give back and, you know, grow as a leader? And as you mentioned, that's kind of when I started working on local talks. And that really immersed me into the entrepreneurship space. At that time, I was also working as an account manager at an advertising agency in Ottawa full time. And I was building local talks as a side hustle. And really what I was seeing is I was immersed, immersing myself in this space with all these creative entrepreneurs, but I didn't feel like I was really kind of living up to that um, standard or, you know, because I had a full-time job, but mm -hmm. that's kind of like a misconception that I think a lot of people have is that, you know, just because, you know, you might not be full-time entrepreneur, anything that you're doing on the side to develop yourself or develop the community is an act of entrepreneurship and is an act of being an artist. So that was kind of something that, you know, I had to accept. And then I was ready after a little while to leave the agency and, you know, delve a little bit closer into entrepreneurship. So that's when I left to work at a startup, which is where I'm transitioning out of right now. And I really just got to learn the ropes of what it's like to build a business from financing proposals, you know, client management to getting money from grants and just how to um, be really forward thinking of how you are going to be profitable. Because if you want to be a full-time entrepreneur, like pursuing your passion is great, but really it all comes back to profitability and you being able to afford to live a life and maintain a lifestyle and, you know, pay the bills because a business isn't a business if money's not coming through the door. And I actually learned that the okay. hard way. I built a business using that community development experience from local talks. I decided to build a community for pro cannabis women that was called women who weed. And it was all I knew, right? I was like, oh, okay, well, I have all this experience in community building. Like, let's turn that into my very first business. And I learned really quickly, and I should have known already, is that ticket sales aren't enough money to pay my bills. <laughs> right. And I was growing this thing, and it was becoming bigger than myself. And I was like, holy, I'm getting all these people involved, and I'm growing chapters in different cities. But I, I might have to let all these people down because I can't do this for free forever. And it, it's going to take someone to need to do this full time to keep this alive. Then COVID happened, the community kind of fizzled out and it became a national exit from that business. And that kind of led me to where I am today. I started taking on clients as a brand strategist, using my marketing skills that I gained at the startup and at the agency, kind of started building up my reputation, rebranding myself from the cannabis girl to the brand strategist. Yeah, that's kind of like where I am today. And I finally feel like I have the momentum, the confidence and the money, enough money coming through the doors to be able to make it happen. That is fascinating. Thank you for walking us through those many phases. How many years was that from when you kind of finished university to today? Five, six years? Uh, yeah, about four years. Yeah. 
four all five of years. that happened in four years and this is just a testament to exploring and following your curiosity and like testing things out seeing what works uh, so good for you because that's a lot of that's a lot of things happening in in a really condensed period of time we're going to delve into a lot today. Maybe we can get started with, because I'm curious about your thoughts on content. I'm curious about your thoughts on maybe the bad rap that personal branding gets of, because some people kind of talk about it as, oh, you're just promoting yourself, but then, okay, like what about the substance behind that, right? And so can you talk a little bit about the relationship between branding as one and then, and then also like who you are as a, as a person, as a human being, because I think that maybe when people are thinking through building a personal brand, it could, there could be a heavy emphasis on aesthetic and like how it looks to those people who are consuming it. But maybe you can walk us through kind of your philosophy on personal branding. Yeah. So the way I like to describe personal branding is think about a Venn diagram. On one side, you have who you are and how you act. Okay. I am bumping into Naomi at the library. She comes up to me. She gives me a hug. She says, Hey girl, what's up? Like, you know, I just get good energy from Naomi. Then you have positioning and this is where the branding side kind of comes in place, right? Positioning is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And it's kind of how you mold your perception of yourself, aesthetics included, but there's so many more aspects to that. Yeah. to um, get a perception of you. So when you merge positioning and your behavior and you intersect those two circles in the middle is your personal brand. And, you know, you've all you know seen those people or you've seen those people on social media that act one way and then you meet them in person and there's a total disconnect between how they're perceiving themselves online and how they actually act. That isn't a personal brand. That's where their personal brand starts to fall apart. So that's why it's really important that, you know, you do consider it's not just aesthetics and a logo and all that. It really is your personality. And the personality piece is what has allowed me to continue growing and evolving my personal brand through all those many transitions that I just talked about you with in my life. Right. I've transitioned from, you know, sorority girl to, like leader of entrepreneurship community to brand strategist to cannabis person. So, but throughout all those changes, my personality has remained the same. So although I'm kind of talking to different audience segments, I've picked up people, people have come along for the ride and they've just stayed along because they are interested in that journey. And that's really what a personal brand is. The difference I want to kind of clarify here between personal branding and thought leadership, right? And I think that's kind of where people get a little bit confused and that's why people get a little hesitant. Personal branding is how you want to be perceived at that period of time. Thought leadership is when you have developed an expertise for something very, very specific and you are known as that person to talk about that very specific subject. You become a thought leader after years of experience in your career. And to become a thought leader, it requires extreme focus on a very specific niche category. Yeah, that's a important differentiation that you brought. And maybe sometimes there's like a blur between those two things that can actually be really dangerous (laughs) where maybe people perceive you as one way before even meeting you. And they're like, oh wait, this person actually isn't necessarily an expert in that, you know, in that niche or in that field. But I'm curious to know from, maybe we can sort of move into content. Like how do you 
approach content and um, I love content. I think content is so fascinating. I think storytelling is such a, a great way to like connect with people. So what are your overall thoughts on like content and what's your process for um, developing it? Cause it's, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. So when you're thinking about creating content, it's really important to know your purpose and talking about blurred lines, I think there's uh, different approaches that you can go to creating content as well, right? You have the content creators, which are, you know, the YouTubers, the influencers, and they're kind of creating content to ultimately get to a point where brands can start sponsoring them to promote their product. And, you know, they can start monetizing that content platform. Then on the other side, you know, you have content creators that are trying to use their content to establish thought leadership. I would say I'm kind of somewhere in the middle and somewhere trying to figure that out. My approach to content was to um, just really show my story and show the back end of my life because I find right now, especially with like TikTok and Reels, there's become this type of like content formula, right? And I think courses also really promote these formulas, right? Follow the formula, be like me, get 100,000 followers, make $10,000 a month. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I believe those types of formulas. Sure, you could get a big spike in your followers, but are those people there to stay with you, right? Really the way to um, get a loyal following is to be consistent over a long period of time and you know bring your followers along the journey for you and go into it with not that many expectations that's when you kind of want to go into like that that's my approach but i'm not trying to build like a huge audience if you want to build a huge audience there's different strategies that you can use which i'm sure we could talk about a little bit more later i just really want to clarify to the audience here to get authentic growth in your community or in your follower and fan base, be consistent and prioritize providing value. And try to think of like, it's great to get inspiration from other places, but I almost something that I've started doing is I find myself as if I'm getting ready and I'm going to start making some content, I find that I first I go into some of my saved photos and look at what other people are doing. I've stopped doing that and I've just kind of turned airplane mode on and started brainstorming content without the internet influencing my ideas because that's how you start coming up with some real original and authentic ideas. Another great way to kind of you know show content is show people like the insides and the behind the scenes of your life. That's when you kind of get people that are um, like actually going to respond to you, you know, maybe in DMs and be like, oh, like, oh, I relate to that. Like, oh my God, that, that, that spoke to me. So yeah, it's kind of my approach to content. And I know it was a little, wasn't a formula there, but maybe what we can do is we can talk a little bit about how to build a personal brand. Because I think once you kind of understand what your personal brand is, that'll inspire the type of content that you create. Yeah. And thanks for bringing in that purpose piece. Because I think sometimes that can get lost or muddled, or maybe it is their intention to kind of lead with purpose and have this like goal in mind, but then you find yourself really straying away from that original intention. And not to say that, you know, you don't change and you don't evolve as a person, but I think always keeping that why at the forefront is what's going to keep you going. Cause you know, when you mentioned being consistent, what what does that necessarily mean? Posting every day, like it has different meanings, right? So what were what were you trying to say there? Yeah, I think consistency for me has meant posting one story of me talking on my Instagram and one post a week. That is not 
how you're go I'm going to 10x my growth over a long period of time. But that's how I'm going to continuously stay on people's radars of people in my network, where if they do need a brand strategist in the future, they'll maybe be like, oh, well, oh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw Reagan talking about it. Oh, Reagan's the person to go to when I need to get a new website or build a new brand. And that's what works for me in my lifestyle because I'm not trying to build my brand as an influencer. If you want to be an influencer, the cadence is entirely different. It's a different right. story. You're, you are a content generation machine. You're posting new reels every day. You are a social media expert. You're testing all the new tactics and personal branding isn't necessarily is does not equal content creation. Remember, mm. personal branding is about how you position yourself the way that you want to be perceived so you can open up doors and networking opportunities in the area that you want to grow. Thank you. That was super helpful. <laughs> um, I, I know you're going to take us through a really interesting kind of concept that you came up with. So please take us away. Hey there. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to share uh, with you guys uh, my four-step process for building a personal brand. This is pretty tangible and actionable. So, you know, if you have a notebook, feel free to bust it out. Yeah, I'll just kind of dive into a little bit. If you have any questions, Naomi, obviously stop me. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I rant on. Okay, so I break it down into the four R's. Reflect, research, refine, and release. Reflection is all about reflecting on who you are. It's not considering anybody else. It's all about you because this is your personal brand and this is a reflection of you and your personality. When you're doing that reflection, you kind of break it down into three different um, components. What are your values? So what is important to you? What drives your decisions? What skills do you have or do you want to be good at, right? Like skills, um, I think, especially in this economy now, uh, everyone expects to be able to get these skills overnight. You know, you buy one course, you get the skills, although courses have really helped me develop my skills. It takes education and practice, a lot of practice to be able to get a skill, right? And then also, what are your passions? So what do you actually enjoy doing? You have your values, your skills, and your passions. What are those three things? Because those are going to form the basis of how we're going to do our personal brand. So I like to think about if you're, if you're actually going to start creating your personal brand or you're going to try to figure out, you're like, I don't know what my skills are. I don't know what my passions are. Like, I don't know if those align with my values. Jay Shetty uh, in his book, Think Like a Monk, talks about this quadrant. It's called the four quadrants of potential. So let me try to describe it to you guys. Visualize this in your head while you're listening. On the top left quadrant, you have skills and no passion. For me, I'll give you an example as project management. I like to keep shit organized. I had experience doing that as an advertising agency, but I really lost the passion for that once I got the skill for it because it just came really repetitive for me. Underneath that, you have no skill, no passion. I do not know how to do website development. I'm not a coder. Don't care to learn it. <laughs> That's when you outsource, right? You outsource for those types of talents. Accounting is another really great one. Then on the bottom right quadrant. No shade to all the accounts yeah. listening. Yeah. 
Not my skill, not my passion, but I would love you to help me with that. <laughs> then on the bottom right corner, you have no skill, but you have a passion. So this is something that these are, this is their opportunity space, right? Like this is where, you know, like, okay, I know I really want to get good at brand strategy. This was me a couple of years ago. I'm passionate about it. I love reading about it, but I haven't really put it into practice yet. That is in that quadrant. You want to kind of start to kind of circle the things that are really like firing you up, right? Those are the things that you're going to start investing your time and energy on reading and practicing. If you want to um, de develop your personal brand as some sort of freelancer or creative or service providers, this is when you can kind of start taking on clients for free, or you can start doing volunteer opportunities in those spaces to kind of start getting that skill set that you might not have at the time. Then once you kind of figure out, okay, this is my skill that I know I can like capitalize on or that I just um, am good at, and this is my passion, then you want to layer that values piece on top of it, right? So for example, a skill and a passion of mine is brand strategy. I could go work at an agency and be a brand strategist, but that doesn't align with my values because I value like freedom, autonomy, and individualism. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm not working for an agency. I'm going to work for myself as a brand consultant. Could I do that two years ago? No, but it's good to know that those were my values in the first place because I could work towards making those, like realizing those values in my day-to-day -day career. That's kind of a sum up of the reflection piece. What are your skills, values, and passions? What are you going to work towards? And that is going to become the essence of your personal brand. Then you kind of get to the research phase, right? So it's okay, Reagan, I know I want to be a brand strategist. So who do I want to be a brand strategist for? This is where we start thinking about who our audience is and who is a brand strategist right now that I can learn from or that might be a future competitor of mine. So this is where we start to look at the research phase who will value my expertise and who already is doing it right now. So when we think about audience, especially when you're just first starting out for your personal brand, like you might not, not exactly know who that audience is right away, right? Like you might not be able to be like, oh, okay, like I know that I want to work for startup entrepreneurs um, that are at this phase of their business. Um, you know, you might want to build your personal brand around like a hobby that you have, right? So instead of thinking about like demographics, like, okay, I'm working with women that are mothers. You want to start thinking about emotions instead when we're thinking about our audience. Like, what do these people want to feel? Because when you're doing it based on demographics, you're kind of putting people into different stereotypes. And we know now that that is just not how people are. Not one mom is the same as the next, right? It doesn't even matter if they're a mom, if you're trying to help someone with fitness, right? So what you want to do is you want to think of the type of person and what they want. So for example, you might want to, well, let's do an example with you, Naomi. When, with your podcast, what type of person are you trying to talk to? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm looking to talk to young folks in their mid-20s who want to design a life that is in accordance with their values. Boom! And that person could look like anyone, right? So that's just, and you have, you, I know you've had that in your mind for so long because I've heard you say it multiple times and 
you are killing it with that audience segment because that's the type of people that you're having on your podcast, the conversations that you're having. I read through your comments on Instagram and people, I think I read one the other day and she's like, it was such a nice compliment. She's like, Naomi is killing it in the space. She's transforming the way that I'm thinking about my lifestyle with the guests that she's having. So just for kind of knowing that that's that desire that your audience wants, you're, you're getting that and you're fulfilling that. Then you want to look at your competitors. I followed these brand strategists called um, Bill Palin and Lauren Moore. They were the ones that kind of like introduced me to brand strategy. And they talk about this concept called brand heroes. So instead of thinking of people like your competition, mm -hmm. think of people that you idolize and you want to be like and who are doing like everything that you wish you could be doing and one day will because you're going to learn from them. <laughs> And your brand heroes don't necessarily need to be in your category, right? The way I kind of like to think about brand heroes is you have your competition. So it's like the person that is doing what you're doing, but they're a little bit ahead of you. Then you have your inspiration, which is someone that could be like, has nothing to do with what you want to do in your business, but you just think they're so cool and you follow them um, because they're just amazing and incredible. So that's your inspiration you're still going to learn from them and then you have your aspiration which is like okay 10 years down the road this is who i want to be like this is maybe that thought leader way way down in the future so there's lessons that you can learn from each of those types of people the competitors you can learn what to do next the inspiration you can learn how to market yourself and pull from their brand identities and then you have the aspirations that you can start forward thinking and future planning from how, from like uh, backtracking how they built up their career. So this is the research phase to kind of summarize. You look at who your audience is, what their desire is, and then who are your brand heroes and what can you learn from them? I really like the, um, the idea of sort of categorizing folks who are in your community, who are at different stages, and realizing that, because I find before, maybe this was like a couple of years ago, the emphasis was always to figure out how you can get into the room with those people who are like 10, 20 years ahead of you. And not enough emphasis on folks who are like, quote unquote, your peers or who are a couple steps ahead. And I like how things are sort of changing right now. These are the people that I can build with, right? In, in 10 years, when we're in our 30s, 40s, yes. whatever it is, we're all going to be at the top of our game, developed, more you know, aligned with who we are and the life that we want to build. And so I love that that is part of these steps. I know that's such a good point. I yes. And I think that's like it kind of plays into like community too. And I feel like you are growing your community through this podcast or the people that you're meeting. Like these are connections and talk, going back to content, right? Podcast is such an incredible piece of content to create, really, no matter where you are in your business, but especially when you're first starting out, because a, you're getting to talk to people who maybe have that career path that you want to go and you're getting to learn directly from their experiences to the conversations that you have. And B, maybe, you know, when you're at the beginning point, when you're not ready to start, you know, you don't have all these knowledge bombs to drop and all this experience to talk back to, you know, you can build content through elevating other people's voices. Just like start where you are, right? It doesn't need to be more complicated yeah, than that. Totally. So then once you have, so going kind of back to this four-step process, we've done the first step, which is reflect. We've done research. 
and now we're at refine. So refining is all about, okay, you've done the groundwork, you know who you want, like how you want to grow yourself, you know what the, um, the market needs, how are we actually going to talk to them? So this is where you kind of create your brand positioning statement. So this statement is pretty easy, but it's something that you want to create and then you want to put it everywhere. You want to put it on your Instagram bio, you want to put it on your LinkedIn, you want to put it um, on your website. And of course, you're going to adapt the way that it sounds to match the medium that you're posting it on. But essentially, what all it is, is it clarifies what you do, who you do it for, and why they should care. I'll give you an example. I'm a brand strategist and content creator who develops captivating brand identities and websites that attract and build trust with your target audience. So you can convert website visitors into paying customers. Does that sound beautiful? No. If I were to put it on a website, I'd pizzazz it up. If it was on an Instagram, I'd put some bullet points in there. But that's who I am. And now that I kind of have that little bullet, that little statement, I can just keep going back to that. And that kind of going back to content, that becomes the foundation of what type of content you want to talk about. So if I say I'm a brand strategist, okay, I'm going to talk about brand strategies as a content bucket. I'm a content creator but also brand strategists, maybe I'll talk about how to create content and strategies on how to create content. That could be another bucket. Another one is oh, websites or conversion. So maybe I talk about user experience um, and customer journeys, right? So that's how you start thinking like, okay, how can I break this down a layer lower to become a little bit more actionable and help bring some strategies for my content? So. You notice how this whole entire time we haven't even talked about aesthetics at all. <laughs> this is where aesthetics actually comes to play. Your aesthetics is, you know, who you are. Like you want it to match like your personality. Like if you like to wear black every day, you're not going to be doing like a pastel brand. And if you are, it's just not going to feel authentic. <laughs> like it just is not going to feel authentic. What I did um, when I was first starting to kind of create my personal brand is I just created an album on Instagram. And every single time I saw a photo that I would wish that I took and, or I was in, I put it in a little mood board. And I noticed after time that mood board gave me a very clear picture of what my brand was. And it kind of happened organically. You can be more, much more intentional with it and be faster with it. But I liked doing it this way because it kind of bubbled up and I'm like, huh, this feels so me. <laughs> and then, you know, you actually kind of formalize that. A, a big piece of personal brand, you can't have, pers like your personal brand is everything, but having that visual piece to it really does tie a nice bow it packages it together it makes you kind of formalizes that <laughs> i started mine on canva and if you're just starting out do yours on canva too and when you're ready to invest you can invest in a designer to help you kind of formalize that and take it the next step but it's not something like you should not let your brand identity prevent you from getting started and I think that's a major roadblock that people have like oh I don't have a logo like I can't start posting on Instagram yet like Mm -mm. You can you can build an interim brand and you can evolve it as you kind of continue to grow. My brand seems, has seen a bunch of evolutions. I'm going through an evolution right now. I started out as pastel and very girly and kind of like childish looking. And I look back at myself, I'm like, this isn't me anymore. Like, I don't wear those clothes. Like, I don't feel like I resonate with this. And now I'm going undergoing a process of brand evolution because I've evolved. That Again, your brand will grow with you. So you've refined, you've gotten your positioning statement, you've developed your aesthetic. Now you're going to go through your 
Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, your email signature, your banners on all your pages. And you're going to be like, okay, is all of this matching up? Is it consistent? Is it aligning with that positioning statement that I just wrote out? If it's not, then you need to change it. I like to use the uh, start, stop, and continue method. Stop doing this, start doing this, continue that. I love that. So that's kind of what, how I would approach an audit. So now we're at the very last phase. And you know, you've done all the groundwork, you figured out what your values are, you have researched the competitors, you've come up with your brand story. Now we got to get it out there. This is the part where people struggle. I have such a tendency to over strategize everything. And then I like strategize myself into immobility and I just kind of freeze and I'm like, I can't do anything because it's not perfect or I don't know if this is going to work. Well, you're only going to find out if it's going to work if you actually put it out there. I love that Gary Vee, he actually sums it up so perfectly. He says, you have to earn the privilege of building a personal brand. And the only way to do that is to actually execute. So putting that message into the world, execute, do it, develop content, answer questions, you know, get on live, have conversations with people, you know, reach out to people that you know, that might have a podcast and pitch to them and say, Hey, I want to develop my personal brand in these things. This is what I can talk about and pitch yourself to them. You'll be surprised how often that actually will work out in your favor. And top of just, you know, talking about things, you actually want to start meeting the right people. And you touched on this so well earlier, Naomi, with talking about people, you know, that are at the same kind of life phase as you. Those connections in real life are connections are your currency, right? Those are the people that are going to refer you. Those are the people that you're going to be able to lean on for advice. Connections open up doors and opportunities. So you really want to make sure that you're networking as well. And then the last piece is consistency. And we touched on this. In order for something to work, you have to be consistent with it. And you have to give it enough time to be able to see if it sticks. And with a personal brand, you can't just you know, make one post and expect everyone to associate uh, that personality or that brand image with you. You have to do the work and you have to show up again and again. And sometimes you have to be repetitive talking about the same things, just saying it different ways. But that's how you know, that those connections happen. It's, it, it's that, uh, they're like 10 different touch points in order to convert a customer. Well, it's like, imagine someone needs to hear you talk about personal branding or brand strategy 10 times, Reagan, in order for people to actually think that you are an expert or credible and talking about that topic. That's really what it comes down to. So the four phases, I'll recap one more time. You reflect, research, refine, and then release. So yeah, that's how you build a personal brand, folks. <laughs> Mic drop and Reagan leaves the conversation. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, thank you. Thanks for walking us through that. That was actually really helpful. And similar to what I said in your intro about you being a fantastic storyteller was that I, as you were walking through it, I know you used me as an example as part of that, um, but I really saw myself in all of those stages, all those four stages. And I think that's just really a statement of how simple, like how simple this can be. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated yeah. before you start. I'm curious to, to know, because I know you've been doing this for a while. How did you come up with these steps? And maybe you can talk us through, it wasn't perfect the first time, but it really took you testing and trying things out to say, okay, this is like, this is what works for me and my clients. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was honestly just 
I've learned everything from, from a personal branding point of view from trying it out on myself and from a company perspective, I learned it from testing it out on different clients. The only way that you can really learn is through testing. There are going to be right and wrong. There's going to be the playbooks that you can follow, but um, real expertise comes from trial and error, right? I think that with the four phases, the one that really makes my process a little bit different is that first phase where it's not just jumping into what people want and what you think people want, but actually starting at the root of like who you are and what your skills and passions are and kind of leveraging what you're good at. That's something that I think makes that process a little bit different and makes it a lot more authentic. And that's how you're going to be able to kind of show up authentically online and make decisions faster and more confidently. Mm. I'm also wondering, really curious about this is a lot of like the higher level. We didn't really talk about, maybe you can share a little bit about what works for you of the mechanics behind doing everything that you said. I really liked what you outlined in the reflection piece. And then when folks come to a place where they have that high level statement of who they are, that's kind of like the foundation as you described it. Do you use content calendars? Like how do you schedule things out so that you can you're not scrambling to produce content and it's like it flows nicely you give yourself enough time uh, what are the mechanics and the kind of the day-to-day around building content yeah i break the content creation process up into about four days and i work on it about an hour each day an hour to two hours each day every two weeks so the first day i'm kind of outlining like okay this is generally like what i want to say And, you know, my cadence isn't that high, right? So my cadence is posting one post and one story a week. So the cadence is a bit lower, but if you're kind of leveling up and you're kind of doing a newsletter, you're doing a blog, maybe you're doing your podcast yourself, you kind of want it before you actually go in and you're starting to, you want to plan what you're going to say before you actually start to say it, right? So that's day one. So outlining. Day two is, you know, your rough draft, writing it out, you know, getting your pictures together, Day three is scheduling, getting it all up and going. And day four is publishing or day four is kind of like a, if I didn't do it all in day three kind of thing, it's like (laughs) a a buffer day. But also, you know, you want to save that time to like when you are posting stuff to save some time for engagement as well and making sure that, you know, you're responding to people and you are pumping up your stories or your posts before you actually post them. Like you're doing great content redistribution. I see that you do that really well. So what that means for your listeners is if you have a big piece of content like a blog or you have a big piece of content like podcasts, how can you break that up into smaller chunks and repurpose it so its lifespan lasts a little bit longer? So that would be something that I would do on day one. I would take this episode that, you know, Reagan Naomi, and I'd be like, okay, well, Reagan said this, that was interesting. That could be a video clip. You know, she talked about this. I could turn that into a carousel. Oh, I liked when she said this. I'll use that as a quote in my newsletter. So it's kind of like giving yourself space to just be like, I'm not going to do it all in one day. I'm only doing a small task allows it to be like a lot more, like you can tackle it a lot easier. How about you? What's your strategy for content? Yeah, I, thank you. Okay, if, if we're gonna we're gonna do this, I was talking to my friend Murdoch yesterday, and he's out in like Indianapolis. And something that he said really resonated with me around not looking at your social channels as a static 
pristine website and look at it more like a blog, your personal blog, and and talk a little bit about like what it takes to build whatever you're building or do you work a nine to five job like what the behind the scenes look like like whatever you're interested in more about like documenting the process as Gary Vee says rather than like coming up and like trying to create all of these things and so (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at Reagan is I'm going through this move in September and I'm trying not to like I want to share about it because I think it's interesting and I think people can also learn if they want to do that on their own, but also not trying to do things the way that like I'm expected to do them. Because you're right, a lot of the content out there right now does feel very copy paste. Oh, I've seen that before. And I like your approach to original content. I've Maybe if you can share a little bit more about that, that would be fascinating. Yeah, but even just to kind of continue on what you're saying, like your experience doesn't need to be summarized in a carousel, you know, like I think uh, your experience itself is enough. And uh, my coach actually gave me some really good advice on this is I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know what to do with my social media anymore now that I'm becoming a brand strategist because I don't, I don't know if I should just start only sharing tips on brand strategy because that's what everybody else is doing or if I should create a new account, it's just reels, with just tips. And she's like, why do you even have to give people tips in the first place? Like, why don't you just kind of share people your life? You know, what you're doing as an entrepreneur, like you don't have to give people your secret sauce to position yourself as an expert. You can just be an expert and just kind of talk about your day-to-day life. And that is enough. And I think that's totally fair. And like, even as you're learning something new, you know, I see the same tips like shared repeatedly. And I'm like, okay, like, did you actually learn that tip yourself? Or did you see somebody else share that tip? And then you're kind of like taking your tip, but have you actually applied that tip? So I want, I don't want you to miss this opportunity where you're talking about moving to a new country. Like, how are you doing that? Like, how did you even get accepted there? Like, why did you decide to do that? Like, I want to see all that before you're there and you miss that opportunity to share that with your audience that do really care about you and your life and where you're going. So that's what I keep thinking. I'm like, it's got to be in the here and the now, right? Like if I have a thought, don't push it, don't push it off for later because I'm not going to do it. If I put it in a note, I'll remember to tell my audience about this thing I thought about like four days ago. Like I'm not doing it. Like I got to get right on there. My face, it's happening. I I really like that. I really like that. And to like briefly answer your question, it's been really freaking stressful planning (laughs) all the moving pieces to kind of uplift and like there's so much red tape and like documentation and things that you need to do. But honestly, like maybe people are interested in that and, and want to learn like the mechanics of oh, I'm here one day. And then like two months later, I'm, I'm here and nothing else happened in between that period, which is not the truth. Thanks for sharing that, Reagan. Uh, you are someone that I deeply admire. You are so like real and, and honest and just your approach to things is something that I, it's really fascinating. One thing, and I'm wondering if this kind of changed over time around your consistency and you deciding that I don't actually want to be like a full-time content creator maybe when I first met you or when our paths first um, crossed, that's what I thought you were doing. I think you were definitely posting more. I'm wondering your decision-making around, this is my cadence. This is my speed. This is how I want to tell or create content. Yeah. I think that I've kind of been a little bit quiet because I've been going through this process of transitioning. Um, My coach describes it as kind of giving myself 
a promotion. I wouldn't say what I was before was like a demotion, but it's like giving myself a promotion in my, my life span. And, you know, that process of kind of giving yourself a promotion comes with like a lot of discomfort, right? I've been feeling like confused. I've been feeling like, you know, growing pains and I haven't known how to articulate that on social media. I just feel like I was like, oh, I wrapped my identity so much into, you know, being a cannabis influencer that I'm going to start, I'm not going to talk about that as much anymore. And no, I'm going to lose all my followers or people aren't going to care about my message. And then I was in a mastermind group and one of my girlfriends was like, why don't you just do a poll and just see why people follow you? Mm. So I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty simple. So I did a poll and I'm like, why do you follow me? Do you follow me for brand strategy? Do you follow me for cannabis content? Or do you follow me because you just like following along my life or all of the above? And majority, like 80% clicked all of the above. And I'm like, okay, so I can just keep being who I am and sharing my story and talking about this transition um, as a kind of going from employee to entrepreneur. And that's okay because that's the type of brand that I built for myself. If you build a brand that's fully based on tips and you don't show your personality, then you know, you're going to confuse the hell out of people when you pivot or you're going to not, you're going to have to start from scratch because your personality was never really there. It was just more of like the tips that you were sharing and it might be there, but it might be so disconnected if you kind of pivot Mm -hmm. that people won't really want to stay along for the ride. I definitely hear what you're saying. It's honestly like you've given me so many cool ideas <laughs> of how to repurpose content i really like that idea of taking like your pillar kind of gary v talks about taking your pillar content and then personalizing it depending on what like platform you're sharing it on and the one thing that i'm also very curious about is this of just doing it your own way and you kind of snuck that in earlier about just putting your phone on airplane mode and then doing like a brain dump of ideas that are things that you want to do rather than what's influenced out there. We've been seeing a lot of dancing videos. Great, 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 great. Um, (laughs) I'm just not good at dancing. I would be so on the trend if I was. (laughs) I'm, I'm curious like what you've learned by embracing doing it your own way. I think it's hard to answer that question because all it is is me just being myself. So I think there is no formula for me to do it my own way because I'm just showing up as myself. And if I have a thought, I don't think about it twice. I just kind of say it, you know, (laughs) I just kind of come out and do it. And that's what's made social media fun for me. Like it's always Mm -hmm. what's made it fun for me and it's what's made it not work. Like the moment that I started, you know, trying to systemize everything and put everything into little boxes, I started dreading it. But, you know, when I first started introducing cannabis into my brand, I'm like, oh, this is kind of sweet. Like I can smoke weed and post it on social media and people are going to like it. I'm going to get boxes sent to my house of awesome stuff. Like, yes, can we in? And I'm being completely myself through that entire process. So that's, that's really um, it is just show up as yourself. And it's hard to teach someone authenticity. It, it just takes confidence and just being who you are, showing up with confidence in yourself. Yeah. And, and the reason I asked that question is it's almost like, you know, we've grown up, we've gone through all these different phases and the world has told us that yourself is wrong. (laughs) And in fact, you need to 
put yourself in a box. You need to define yourself in this way. And for some people, that process, like I asked you specifically, like what you learned about yourself, it seems easy, but I think for a lot of people, you have to unlearn and then be, right? At the end of the day, you have to unlearn that maybe this was never who I was in the first place. And so it just goes back to your earlier piece of reflect that first step of the process. And if, yeah, we want to even give your audience numbers, like if you guys want something a little bit more tangible, when I made the decision to kind of start posting a little bit more content, I started by putting a camera to my face and posting things on stories. And you kind of talked about it earlier, like think about your Instagram stories as like your TV show of your life. You don't have to share every moment of it. Like I'm very strategic about what I share. Like I definitely do share a lot of my highlight reels, right? I'm not sharing every, I'm not sharing my cooking, like cooking is not a part of my brand. I'm not sharing my working out. Working out is not a personal brand, but like living my life in a fun way and traveling and sharing tips about becoming an entrepreneur. Like those are the two pieces I kind of share. And when I first started, I started talking to the camera and posting it and it felt so weird and so icky. And I'm like, oh my God, my friends are going to judge me that I'm talking to the camera and I'm posting it. And you always notice like when, when someone new, like, you know, starts like talking on social media, you're like, oh, okay. Like I see you, but eventually you just get used to it, you know? And you're just like, okay, this is what she's doing now. Like, and I'm here for it. Right. Um, and another thing is just laugh at yourself. Like you don't, you don't have to be perfectly articulate and you can make mistakes or you can just like chirp yourself. Like, I think that's kind of something that I do a lot of I just like make fun of myself and it just kind of takes the edge off a little bit, but I'm a pretty trippy person. So <laughs> <laughs> I trip everyone. So. <laughs> if I can't trip myself, then I got a problem. <laughs> so funny. This was, this was an honest pleasure, Reagan. Thank you for saying yes to my invitation to come on. Um, oh, one question you. that, one question that I love to ask folks is, like something that's happening in your industry right now that is super fascinating that you're like, shit, like this is, this is the future. What is, whether it's branding, marketing related. I think, you know, the personal, like the personal brand. Well, we know because of everything happening globally, you have to stand for something like that is, I think the most pressing thing that's happening to companies and brands and corporations is if you don't stand for something, then your people aren't behind you. And even for a company, like brands are living, breathing entities, you know, brands aren't perfect. They're kind of like people, right? They make mistakes. They, you know, dust off the dirt off their knees and then they come back again. And I think people, companies are learning and growing through this, just like, you know, the collective society is. And I think it's good to give brands second chances as they grow and we're seeing them respond to what the the public wants. And I think that's amazing. And I think the mass media starts talking about social change. Like that's when you really see the ripple effects throughout everywhere. Right. And we're seeing that now. And that's, that's the biggest trend for me. Stand for something. I love that. Stand for something. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you to everyone who had a chance to listen to this incredible episode for what's the best place for people to connect with you i'll put all the links in the show notes yeah you can connect with me on instagram at it's reagan bradley or check out my website at it's beautiful thanks for tuning in we will catch you in the next episode thanks Naomi. Bye. thank you for tuning into this week's episode if you enjoyed it please drop us a review on itunes with a brief note about your thoughts of the show we publish new episodes of the podcast every single week Until then, thank you so much for listening.